You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And we are live with the Standing Room Spartans podcast. Your host, Kevin Parker, your co-host, Scott Martin, here on a Monday. Unfortunately, not to recap a Michigan State football game, but we have plenty to get to. Our bowl game is announced. Uh, There was a hell of a slate of college football this weekend, even though it included a Michigan win. Uh, We'll get to all of that. We'll get to the playoff rankings that were announced. We'll get to some Michigan State news, and we'll just kind of talk some college football here uh to be honest not a whole lot of structure today we'll just try to get you out of here relatively quick because there isn't a whole lot of michigan state stuff to talk about but scott we'll start here uh just in general here a lot of football going on over this weekend uh how was your weekend it was good uh my future in-laws can't call my in-laws yet i'm engaged uh, we're in town until today, so we bounced around, did some Christmassy things around New York City, um, and got to watch quite a bit of football still, which was nice. Watched a lot of the conference championship action, watched the Lions win. I'm sure we've got some Lions, listen- Lions fan listeners out there. Um, we actually just started recording this right after the Lions won, so that's fresh. Uh, we're still the worst team in the league, but we have a win. So it was well, our I don't first know. win in almost exactly a calendar year. It was December 6th, 2020, where we got the, the last win. So back on the board, 64 days. So yeah, no, other than that, uh, feeling peachy and we'll get to that. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, like I said, I mean, just a huge weekend of college football. I was pretty locked into all of it, uh, because number one, I love college football and championship weekend is, is one of the best weekends of the year. But number two, our picks contest that we were running the entire season where we were picking what somewhere between five and six games every week against the spread, the biggest games of the week as determined by, well, us, any top 25 matchups, obviously the Michigan state game every week. Every week, we probably had about two picks that we were different, uh, differing in opinion on. I think if we averaged it out over the whole season, uh, going into the episodes when we were recording the picks, we did not know each other's picks. It was totally you know, live, and we had no idea what the other person was picking. And it all came down to Cincinnati and Houston in the 4 o'clock Eastern window of Championship Saturday the what third to last kickoff of the regular college football season uh as far as our picks contest is concerned it all came down to there and fortunate for me i was on the right side of it i had cincinnati scott had houston and that ultimately was the difference i come away victorious i got 50 dollars in michigan state merch coming my way uh the only request that i will publicly make for you scott is that uh I have enough green Michigan state football hoodies. So if, if I can humbly request uh, one item to not be on the Christmas list here, uh, that's it. Otherwise I'm open to anything. I, I'm not a big bumper sticker guy as well. So I, I hope that a bumper sticker isn't coming my way, but uh, I, I am looking forward to seeing what you send over and you know, it was a hell of a season. You put up a hell of a fight. We both ended up profitable but uh, here we are victorious. I, 
I thought I had you. I had a lead. Well, actually, we bounced around. Uh, you had a lead early in the year. I took a slight lead later. You had a bad week in there that flipped the script. And then we came into this week tied. The last two or three weeks we were tied. I thought I had you, but as soon as I saw it coming down to you having Cincinnati and me banking my season on Houston going up against the most motivated team in the country, I I didn't feel good at all and couldn't go back on my word. It was already Saturday. We'd already recorded. And uh Things went about according to plan at, at, at that point. But like you said, heck of a competition. Um, hopefully next year we'll, we'll keep the fans going with us the whole year uh, because they were doing pretty well too. But yeah, we came down. You ended with a final record, 43-34-1 and 34 and one for 50 points. Again, MSU correct uh, picks were worth two points. Every other game was worth one. I finished 41-36-1, so two worse than you but only one point because i had one more msu pick in there uh it was close it was right there overall the standing room spartans went 84 70 and two so follow along next year if you want to make a little money uh but yeah i mean i'm gonna have to find you some if you don't want green i'll probably find you some nice like a nice maze hoodie How's that sound? <laughs> you know, like when you go into the MSU bookstores on campus and the, you know, like off-brand uh, MSU gear and you see like the yellow and blue, just like it, it just says in plain font, Michigan State. I'm like, who is buying that? Like, why did you even print it? <laughs> it's... I feel like it's like the guy who gets dragged into going to a Michigan game in the big house and like doesn't quite have the uh, guts to just straight up wear Michigan state gear, but doesn't, you know, want to not wear Michigan state gear. So they're like, I'll fit in on the color scheme, but if people look close, they'll know. (laughs) Right. And it's basically like, I'm doing my friend a courtesy here that I won't be the asshole that like, Hey, who brought in the Michigan state guy to the student section? (laughs) You know, it's like, I, I, out of respect to you, I'll make it subtle. (laughs) Yeah, so we'll see what I can drag up. Um, I haven't looked yet. It's probably something I'll put off because I'm not excited about it, but I will try. <laughs> um, and we'll see what we can find. Maybe I'll get you some nice peach bowl gear. Um, but yeah, the yeah, we'll the post season... that whenever it comes. We'll post it on Twitter. Follow at Standing Room MSU and follow Scott at Spartan Martin 18 to see what the uh, final prize ended up being. Yep, so the picks competition comes to a close, but we're going to start up something else fun. Uh, We're going to do a bowl pick I think we did one last year. I actually, I don't think we did. I think we just did March Madness. You're right, it was March Madness. And um, I can't remember who won, but we were tasked with, uh, well, we we gave the winner the option to either come on the podcast. We still need to do that. Or, yeah, this is going to be an off-season thing. Uh, come on the podcast or pick the topic for a segment or an episode. The The listener who won asked us to watch all of the Shrek movies and break them down on the podcast. So I don't know how far you made it through that. I, I tried to honor it, and, and we'll still try to honor it this off season because it's well, a bad look to never we do have it. To, yeah yeah we gotta we gotta be men of our word here so i promise to whoever's listening who who might have even turned us off they're like you know what no they, they're not people of their word i i will no longer subscribe to the pod i promise we will do it before the start of the michigan state football season of 2022 sometime this so, off season while we're on the topic do i have to stay awake the whole movie because i i made hey, it through well, three so far i've i've watched shrek one two and three i haven't made it to puss in boots maybe we did watch you could it be an honest critic right like if the movie put you to sleep that's just part of the that's part of the breakdown you know see but the thing is that's not really fair because the first time i watched shrek i loved it as a kid but i guess all i can do now is is give a 27 year old man's opinion on i do shrek. Love, i love shrek one and two even to this day, because I did watch them, but uh, the the ones after that were a little dicey. Yeah, so we will continue. We'll do our breakdown. It'll probably be a segment, not a full episode, because we're not. I I'm, I don't really know how to review movies other than to tell you I I slept through two thirds <laughs> of them 
which is not uncommon, mind you. It's not like Shrek is so bad that I fell asleep. I fall asleep watching movies all the time. But we'll get to it this off season. I think Ed, Kevin, if you're down for it, we'll keep the same prize for the uh, bowl pick'em. We'll yeah, I was, let... I was gonna say, well, maybe we'll think of a couple other options. We'll post them on Twitter. But until we think of something better, um, we'll either, like you said, have have you come on the podcast and join us, or uh, just pick the topic if you're not comfortable with with you know putting yourself out there like that. So uh, until we think of something better. That will be the prize for the bowl pick'em, which we will post on Twitter and on the Facebook group. I saw a bunch of you have joined the Facebook group since our last episode. We appreciate that. It's the Standing Room Spartans community on Facebook, and you can find the link right in the notes of the episode. So if you just click on the episode details, uh, the links for our Twitter bios as well as that Facebook group are on there. Uh, and you can uh, you can join up and and start to uh, you know have some fun with it. We we've been trying to get some more people involved, and the more people that are involved, especially with the Facebook group, I think the more fun things we can do on there. So uh, join and and we'll try to have some fun, especially with the bull pick'em. Um, we'll we'll tweet and post all the rules and stuff when when that comes out. Um, I don't like the confidence picks. So other than that, we'll, we'll probably just do straight up, keep it simple, but, um, we will, uh, we will let you know. And as, uh, as the picks contest has come to an end, of course we have been using and will continue using the best sports book in the business. It's DraftKings college football. The only thing that's left here is bowl season, but the NFL is still going strong and they are an official sports betting partner of the NFL and they have a promotion just for you new customers who bet just one dollar on any team to score a point can win one hundred dollars in free bets it's that simple if the DraftKings sportsbook isn't available in your state yet you can still get in on that sweet sweet nfl action everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings daily fantasy sports contest DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit all you need to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN for the Pigskin Podcast Network, of which we are a proud member. Bet $1 on any team to score. You win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, Scott, we'll, we'll get into the bull talk here. So, we'll start with the obvious in that Michigan State, as everybody's listening knows by now, is matched up with the Panthers of Pittsburgh led by Pat Narduzzi and Heisman trophy candidate, Kenny Pickett at quarterback. Uh, this will be played December 30th uh, at, 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 I don't have the time in front of me, 7 PM. Um, so initial thoughts when you saw that come across the screen, as you were watching on ESPN, what were your very first thoughts that entered your brain? The first thing I think of when I think of Pitt is Pat Narduzzi. I think it's a fun, it's not a homecoming because he's not coming to East Lansing, but a fun kind of reunion with Pat Narduzzi. If it was Mark D'Antonio against Narduzzi, I think that would have been really fun. Uh, But nonetheless, Pat Narduzzi, a guy that I've been rooting for outside of this matchup since he went to the ACC, got his own program. Um, They've been building towards this for a long time. They won the ACC this year, obviously. Uh, but from more of an X's to O's perspective, this is a very tough matchup for Michigan State. Uh, as we were going into championship Saturday, you know, obviously I wanted to be in a New Year's Six Bowl. That was priority number one. But as you look at matchups, Notre Dame and Oklahoma State, along with Pitt, were kind of the most likely. And I was really hoping for either of the other two because, again, it's no secret. We struggle against good passing teams. Kenny Pickett is right up there with the best quarterbacks in the country this year. And uh, it's going to be tough to slow them down. So they, they certainly have weak points in their game. We're not going up against Alabama or Georgia or anything, but um, tough matchup, tough matchup. It should be decently high scoring. Should be fun to watch our offense. Hopefully move the ball a bit too. Kenneth Walker, you know, Pittsburgh's not 
again, Georgia or somebody who's going to shut down the run completely. So it should be a really fun game to watch, but it's going to be uh, tough to slow them down. Yeah, if you remember uh, sometime in the offseason, we did not, uh, it was, I think it was a mailbag question where we were talking about like who we would love to play in the non-conference in the next few years. And Pitt came up because it was like, you know, it would be a pretty high profile matchup. Obviously, you know, it's not Alabama or Georgia or um, Texas or one of those real blue bloods of college football, but Pitt's a prominent program and obviously the Pat Narduzzi connection. So we get the matchup here in the non-conference, but in a new Year's six bowl game. And like you said, the matchup is a little scary. Um, you know, we'll break down the game, obviously, as it comes closer, but just initial uh, quick thoughts. And I headed over to teamrankings.com. So Pitt is seventh in the country in passing yards per game with 341.5. Oklahoma State, on the other hand, is 79th with 213 passing yards per game. So about a hundred and 30 yards a game between these two difference. So yeah, Oklahoma state would have been a far better matchup for anybody who watched the Oklahoma state Baylor game this weekend. First of all, it was an incredible finish. One of the best I've remember seeing with, especially when you include the stakes of a conference championship game. Uh, But you saw that Oklahoma state quarterback, Spencer Sanders, and he's not good. And obviously Kenny Pickett comes in with a ton of experience. Like you said, Pitt, they lost to Western Michigan earlier this year. They lost to Miami this year, a team that obviously we beat. So they're certainly a team that isn't without flaws. But uh, as far as matchups go with the likely teams that we could have been facing in a New Year's Six Bowl, I think Pitt was the one matchup wise that we probably most people agree we would have liked to avoid. But um, I do like it. I mean, it's fun. It's like you said, Pat Narduzzi on the other sideline. It's going to be good to see him and the whole lead up to bowl, uh, to the bowl game. You're going to see a lot of interviews and stuff and him reminiscing about Michigan state. Cause the reporters will be asking him about it. So I'm sure we'll get some fun stories that'll come out of it. And um, it'll be a lot of fun in that sense, but yeah, Kenny Pickett's been having a heck of a season, and I'm sure he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna be liking this matchup. I don't know. Were you watching on ESPN when they announced the the bowl game? No, I <laughs> I turned on the first hour. I did not realize it was a four hour spectacle. Jesus, um, so I turned it on at noon, naively thinking it was going to be like their Tuesday <laughs> night ones throughout the year, where it's a, an hour they get it done. You you get the rankings in the first half hour. I thought I thought we were going to get it all, and that's a whole separate conversation. I could complain about the way that they did this forever, but no, I turned it on. I watched about forty five minutes, realized they were not going to give us much outside of the top six in the first hour, and I decided to get on with my Sunday and get some things done. So I was not watching it when they announced our bowl game. So they basically, and to nobody's surprise, and I don't want to be that guy that's, you know, trashing ESPN for how they're disrespecting, but like it was, they announced the bowl game and then they basically were just laughing about the fact that Pitt's happy to see this terrible Michigan state pass defense. It was like, all right, is that certainly part of the, breakdown and analysis yeah you have to mention it it's a Heisman candidate at quarterback possibly a Heisman finalist at quarterback against by the numbers you know one of the worst pass defenses in the country but there's also a Heisman candidate Kenneth Walker whose name was not mentioned um there's multi like it it was just a little bit frustrating again it's not surprising because we see it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again but yeah it's it was uh about exactly what you would expect in terms of coverage from the espn side but um no other than that i mean the peach bowl i i think it's i i was kind of looking at you know the other side of it um the fiesta bowl i think was uh, a really good spot because there's a ton of Michigan state people down in Phoenix. My brother lives in Phoenix and I've been to a, a couple times. I've been to Michigan state bars down in Scottsdale and for Michigan state football games. And there are a couple like Michigan state owned bars that 
do do that do game day stuff and it's a ton of fun there are a ton of people there and uh i think that would have been a good spot for us and i was thinking ah the peach bowl like that kind of sucks compared but the the thing i wrote down here because i was curious i'm i'm thinking well georgia is a is a big recruiting hotbed especially for this staff so we have four commitments from the state of georgia in this 2022 class as we currently stand and in the next two years, the 2023 and the 2024 classes combined, we have already offered 34 players from the state of Georgia. So this is going to be a really good recruiting opportunity. I know Mel Tucker touched on it briefly today. We were recording this just after he was talking. It was a lot of coach speak stuff. If you didn't see it, you didn't miss much. Uh, but I think that is something that plays into this. It's a really good spot as far as a recruiting opportunity to to have people, you know, in and around the state of Georgia for a, a good, you know, week or whatever it is as the team's there preparing for the game. So uh, from that aspect, I like the Peach Bowl and I like the location down in Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta's a fun town. Been down there a few times. They've got, obviously, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which is um, kind of felt like, unless you count Jerry world kind of ushered in the new era of insanely over the top, but also awesome football stadiums. Um, really cool. They got a convention center next door, which is great for um, events like this, where you can, you know, set up some fan tailgating events and stuff for before the game or leading into the weekend and um, whatnot. So really uh, a cool matchup, like you said, recruiting, it should certainly help. Um, and at the end of the day, don't lose sight of the fact that Mel Tucker made a New Year's Six Bowl yep. in his second year. I think I've that's really seen, the story here. Yeah, I've already seen people on Twitter like, ugh, like the Peach Bowl. Like, seriously, this is a, a shit matchup. And I'm like, dude, guys, we're in a New Year's Six Bowl in year two. Remember how sweet the Cotton Bowl was? Like, this is the same level of bowl game. And so, I, yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because we can't lose sight of that. There were quite a few people inside and outside of our fan base that were saying the the measuring stick or the bar to clear this season was to be bowl eligible. And we're talking about we're not even talking about the Duke's Mayo Bowl at that point. Right. You're talking about making anything. I mean, I don't know what the Big Ten, I mean the pinstripe bowl. Right. Could have pinstripe been bowl, in... the the guaranteed rate bowl with Minnesota. Like I'm looking through Big Ten bowl games right now. And yeah, they're not the Peach Bowl. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, Minnesota's in the guaranteed rate bowl at six and or at eight and four. Maryland is in the pinstripe at six and six. I mean, we were talking about that being a successful season, at an on track or on pace, on schedule season for Mel Tucker in year two, and we're in a year six bowl. A peach isn't very tough. Maybe it's just the name that people don't <laughs> like. I don't know, but this is one of the top six games to be playing this time of year in the country in the world. Um, and we're in it. So be happy for that. We've got a great matchup against a Heisman winner and a power five champion or Heisman contender and a power five champion in a new year's six bowl in Mel Tucker's second year. So I couldn't be happier about it. Uh, obviously a couple dominoes fall different directions. It could have been a little bit higher, could have been a little bit lower, but I, I mean, I think everyone should be elated. Just enjoy the process, win or lose. We are way ahead of schedule still, and we have a lot to be excited about. Yeah. And, and since we mentioned it, you know, now that I'm looking at this whole list and I, I was kind of scrolling through Twitter as these games were getting announced, um, we'll, we'll just point out a couple real quick here. We'll have some fun with this. Some games that get the juices flowing a little bit, exciting matchups. And I want to start though with, I think the most irrelevant bowl game. Does it, does that get like an award? Uh, I don't know. It does on this show. The Myrtle Beach Bowl between six and six Tulsa and six and six Old Dominion. Good <laughs> God, man. <laughs> like the only reason that game is gonna get eyeballs is it is a standalone game. It is the only college football game being played on December the twentieth. It's a it's a Monday, two thirty PM kickoff. Oh my god. <laughs> between six and six Tulsa and six and six Old Dominion. There's going to be nobody at that game, and the only people watching it are 
degenerates who are gambling on it because people will be at work. Like that is that's terrible. Yeah, you've got that. You've got the Hawaii Bowl, which is Memphis and Hawaii. Hawaii was had a losing record at six and seven. They added a game just so that Hawaii could make it to a game. Did they announce which game was added? Is it this Frisco Classic? Is this the the forty second game that they added between Miami know. and North? I, I heard it was going to be in Texas. Um, but anyway, there are some as usual awful games. But that's why you do a bull pick them because you can have a horse in the race um, right. and you can annoy your significant other to death watching a random football game while you're working on a Monday afternoon. Um, Scott, but- I th- so I think I think Aubrey's a little more dialed in, uh, but have you used an excuse? So now that, you know, full disclosure to our listeners, we we have been financially compensated for our work here on the podcast have you pulled the card of watching a football game and saying that you're working (laughs) not yet i gotta watch Um, this it's work (laughs) yeah i'm waiting for the right i'm i'm waiting for the right excuse um this weekend would have been a great opportunity i mentioned my future in-laws are in town but thankfully we um kind of arranged things in a way that i got to watch a lot of football this weekend so it worked out um, yeah, no, not yet. Have you, uh, no, sarcastically, like where it was very obviously like a joke at the time. So I'm waiting for the day to really pull out the actual, um, the actual moment. Maybe it'll be a basketball game or something later this year. But, uh, and, and speaking of that, actually really quick, uh, because I forgot to mention it before and, Somebody in the Apple podcast review brought this up. And before I forget, I want to address it here real quick. Um, So somebody, I appreciate your review. It was Joe boy 66 said, love the podcast. Great insight question. Do you think Michigan's win versus OU? Ohio state? Who's OU? Michigan didn't beat OU. Anyway, I remember reading this and I think they were saying Ohio State. Will be a turning point or will they go back to what they normally are? Uh, We can hit on that. But also, can you start covering basketball? Uh, Quick note, because we've talked about this before. We've mentioned it before, uh, but maybe we haven't done it in a while. And we've gotten a lot of new listeners over the course of this football season. So maybe it's a good time to bring it up. We do not cover Michigan State basketball on this here podcast. If you are looking for Michigan State basketball, um, I can recommend the guys over at Spartan Hoops. They do a great job uh, covering exclusively Michigan State basketball. They do full breakdowns, and they know a heck of a lot more about basketball than either of us do. And that's part of the reason why. Um, But yeah, we, we don't have, number one, we don't really have time. And number two, we just don't know enough about basketball to pretend to knowledge knowledgeable, pretend to be knowledgeable about it. I was going to say knowledgeably talk about it. Is that a word? I don't know. Yeah. Um, we don't know enough about basketball to break down the ins and outs and why this guy is in the lineup and this guy isn't in the lineup and the strengths and weaknesses of these guys games. Like we watch basketball just like you guys do, you know, Oh, this guy's hitting his shots today. It's going to be a good day. This guy's not like, I I don't know about basketball. So I don't want to like fake cover it. Like I, I, we're not football coaches. We don't know as much as, you know, a football coach does, but I feel pretty comfortable in saying we know enough about football to talk about it uh, knowledgeably. So that's part of it. But yeah, we, we don't do Michigan state basketball. We'll talk about it. Obviously it's a Michigan state podcast and we go the entire season, the entire year. Um, So we'll be going through, I mean, 365 days with this thing. So obviously we will talk about Michigan state basketball, but we're not covering and breaking down the games of Michigan state basketball. So for the new listeners who haven't gotten the message there, um, I feel like maybe it was a good time to bring that up and we appreciate Jaboy uh, for the five-star review and for the, the, you know, excuse for us to bring it up. If anyone ever saw me try, try to play basketball, I'm not going to say play basketball, try to play basketball. You would not be asking me 
to break down any <laughs> anything basketball related at all. Um, I do watch almost every Michigan State game. I am as much a Michigan State basketball fan as anyone, but I am very much just a fan. I watch it. I hope the ball goes in the hoop. I know what a rebound is, etc. But <laughs> as soon as you get into the X's and O's, I don't even know if that's what they call it in basketball. As soon as you get into the schemes, the details of the game, completely lost on me. So like Kevin said, we'll touch on it. The team looks great so far this year. Um, I'd say I had a schedule and they, some of the younger guys are really coming around, but um, yeah, we're not going to try to break it down. Cause like Kevin said, I I'm not experienced at all basketball of the kind of quote unquote major sports. I was probably the worst at it. Um, and I would be completely out of my realm if I tried to, uh, to break it down. Yeah. So your, your perfect setup as a Michigan state fan is have standing room Spartans as your football podcast and Spartan hoops is your basketball podcast. It's that simple. Both, both podcasts are, are pretty exclusive to their sport and uh, it's, it's the ideal thing. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I, I know what a pick and roll is, but I listen to Spartan hoops and they're talking about like, you know, this pin down screen. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're not, we're not going to be breaking down the, the team, but yeah, like you said, we're looking good. Marcus Bingham seems to have finally really broken out. We've been kind of waiting for that. So uh, it's, it's going to be a fun season here. I think we've got some pieces, but we'll mention it. Obviously we're watching the games just like you guys are, but uh, we, we focus on football on this here podcast. Uh Back to the bowl matchups here, Scott. We talked about the, the ones that we probably won't be too dialed into. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the playoff games in a minute here, but of the non-playoff games, anything else that, that stood out that was uh, one that you're going to have circled on the calendar? All right, we'll go, I think, chronological. We'll each hit on, as we go through the days, the ones that we're really excited about. My first game here starts with... The Cure Bowl on December 17th in this Orlando. This is going to be fun. This one, Northern Illinois, MAC champions led by yours truly, not me, Rocky Lombardi, <laughs> uh, at nine and four, taking on the, what are they? Something Cox? The Chanticleers. Chanticleers. Okay, I knew they were chickens. Uh, of Coastal Carolina at 10 and two, obviously Coastal, a name that's been around the last couple of years. Uh, didn't quite make their conference championship kind of surprisingly this year, but this is just going to be a fun matchup. Northern Illinois, scrappy team, fun to watch, obviously led by a guy who's got ties to Michigan State and Coastal, the mullet team. Uh, they're exciting. They're edgy. They're grungy. They're whatever. Uh, it's just going to be fun. Great football. Both teams know how to make plays. Both teams know how to make mistakes. Kind of got, got that action feel, but in a bowl yeah. game. This game so, was made to be a random you know, 6 p.m. on a Friday night bowl game. This is going to be electric. There's just no question about it. You remember a couple of years ago, maybe a few years ago now, I don't remember, I should have looked it up, but Central Michigan's um, hook and ladder. Oh, yeah. Touchdown the Bahamas, the Bahamas bowl. bowl. Yeah, this game gives me that kind of yep. vibe. So who knows how it'll finish? Could be a blowout, who knows? But I'm just, just energy on you know, energy I'm getting from it on December 5th, as we record is it's going to be electric. So that's a Friday night, 6 PM. So maybe you're going out on a Friday night, need something to do, you know, before you head out on the town, turn the game on while your wife's getting ready for the night. Um, should be a fun one to watch. Just head to a sports bar. It'll be on the TV, throw a little money on it. You know, why not next day, the roof Boca Raton bowl, Western Kentucky and app state. I had that one circled. That'll be a fun one. Um, let's see. What else do we got here? UTSA, San Diego state and the Frisco bowl. That's a fun matchup. Great offense. Great defense. Oh, 12 and one against 11 and two, a sneaky one down yeah. there in Frisco. The, the, um, the UTSA. So this was another one that came down for our picks. The UTSA Western Kentucky conference USA championship on Friday night, wild football game for those who tuned in uh utsa came out with the with the title and helped me out and got themselves a frisco bowl berth so fun season for them there you go we got some grungy matchups after that a lot of six to eight win teams florida ucf in state and the gasparilla gasparilla bowl in tampa not the most exciting but it's in state so worth a note um western michigan if there's any uh western fans who listen to this 
quick lane bowl in Detroit. That sucks, in, right? Like as to a, play in your own state. Yeah, yeah. that sucks. At 11 a.m. And, you know, like the bowl games pick who's going to be, you know, obviously they, they don't have their pick of the litter, but they have their choice of who they're going to play. And obviously they're going to choose Western Michigan because that'll get them the most fans and, and everything. I get it. But like for the kids that, you know, they make it to a bowl game. Hey, are we heading to Florida? Are we heading to the Bahamas? Are we heading to Hawaii? No, you're going what from Kalamazoo about an hour 45 down the highway to Detroit. <laughs> straight across I-94 till you hit water. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it'll be worth watching. The Western's fun. Uh, they're playing Nevada, eight and four. Um, Former Spartan Ladarius Jefferson as the starting running back. There you go. We completely Who's somehow still playing Reed. college football. I feel like he was in like the 2014 <laughs> recruiting class. Um, after that, again, all, you get... Uh, no, go all ahead. of what? He was no former uh, Mr. What do they call it? Mr. Football. Mr. Football. Yeah, out of Muskegon. Yeah. Want to say quarterback? Yeah. So moving on from that one again, some more grungy stuff still in the nasty six to nine win range. But the next couple Wake games Forest, Texas in... AM. That one stands out to me, the taxslayer.com bowl. Oh, you're all the way up there. Okay. I was looking at, I was going to mention three games in baseball stadiums. I know Kevin likes to gripe about this. So the holiday bowl, which we played in the chargers old stadium, which I don't even know if that's in use anymore um, in San Diego, they're playing it in Petco park, which is where the Padres play. And then you've obviously got the pinstripe bowl in New York, which is in um, Yankee stadium, but also the Boston Bowl, which I don't, it, this might be first year. It doesn't sound familiar to me, but it's going to be in Fenway Park, which I will say of all the football stadiums or be, uh, baseball stadiums out there might work out a little bit better just because left field is so short that you might actually get, can you imagine watching a football game from the top of the green monster with the field That'd right be below you? It'd cool. <laughs> be pretty cool. It's like a press box view, but from yeah. the sideline. <laughs> um, no, it's like, you have how many hundreds of football stadiums that can hold a bowl crowd, maybe even thousands of football stadiums that can hold a bowl crowd, especially between like two random teams. Half the time, the stadium's only like half full. You only need high school stadiums in Texas could hold that. Right. Like for half of these games, you only need like 5,000 seats. And yeah, there are plenty of high schools around the, like we have, how many stadiums who are specifically designed for this sport to be played on their field and at their stadium and out of, I don't know how many bowl games are there. Three of them have to be at baseball stadiums. It's so dumb. When are we going to just end this? So anyway, that's our baseball stadium gripe of the day. You'll hear it more in the next four weeks guaranteed, but yeah, moving back, Kevin, to the one you mentioned, the Tax Slayer Bowl in Jacksonville, December 31st. We're finally into the New Year's games, um, which actually we skipped over ours, which will be December 30th. But Tax Slayer, December 31st, 11 a.m., Wake Forest in Texas A&M. I know you had some notes on that one. No, I love that matchup. Texas A&M, good defense. Wake Forest, good offense. It, it'll be, uh, you know, this this is what I, I was kind of thinking of for it'd be a great game for Wake Forest to win for the anti sec bias crowd, because the whole conversation with sec people all the time, we hear this over and over again is well, the fifth place sec team would probably beat any of the second best, you know, non sec teams out there. Well, here's your chance to have, you know, your, your crown jewel, Texas A&M hundred thousand person stadium, top five recruiting classes beat Alabama this year. And you've got that upstart, well, not upstart, but, um, you know, that ACC darling this year, won 10 games, went to the ACC championship, won their division, but it's a bad ACC and, you know, Wake Forest would lose to half of the SEC. Well, let's find out. And uh, if if Wake Forest wins this game, that would just be a little notch in that little, uh, in in the column of the non-SEC, the alliance, if you will. Um, this would be a good notch for them to 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 put on the bedpost. So yeah, we'll be rooting for Wake Forest in that one, just to to you know chip away at the SEC bias. But um, that that was one I circled. That'd be a fun matchup. 
Yeah, a couple more Big Ten ones. Um, common Big Ten games, the Outback, Penn State and Arkansas, again, an SEC West team who had a pretty darn good start to the year playing a middle, a little bit better than middle of the road Big Ten team this Penn year. State Penn State can get their second SEC win of the season. There you go. And another one of those kind of knock the SEC down a peg games and another opportunity to do that with the Big Ten runner-up, I guess, in Iowa, if that if they can be considered the runner-up against Kentucky at nine and three. So a few games that you just kind of described there where you've got a middle of the road or a little bit better SEC team taking on a close to the top Big Ten or Alliance. I, I forgot about the Alliance until you just mentioned it. Um, Alliance team. Uh, we'll see. Scott, you want to hear something funny? If Penn State wins this game against Arkansas in the Outback Bowl, Penn State would have as many SEC wins as Florida. Wolf. <laughs> and more SEC wins than obviously Vanderbilt and one less SEC win than Missouri, South Carolina, Auburn, and LSU. It feels like this question I'm about to ask is not outside the realm of possibility, but has Vanderbilt ever won an SEC game? <laughs> they, when James Franklin was there, and this is like when, whenever I defend James Franklin, as I feel like I have to do way more than I, I feel necessary as just a completely non-biased person towards James Franklin or Penn state. Um, James Franklin had multiple nine win seasons at Vanderbilt. And if anybody is able to accomplish that, I think they should, they should earn well, a hundred million dollars or whatever he got from Penn state. Like that is so ridiculously impressive. Yeah. That's like Greg Schiano at Rutgers a uh, decade ago or so, whenever that was, but doing it in the big 10, um, which is certainly his goal. I don't think he'll be able to pull it off, but also mm, do we want to get into that? I don't know. I was going to go down the road of like another year of Maryland and Rutgers looking like they might be good and then just getting demolished <laughs> by the big got- 10. Well, I got a quick, I I pulled up the Vanderbilt uh, school history here. They had two nine-win seasons under James Franklin. Before James Franklin, they had one, no, two nine-win seasons in their entire history. And the most recent was in 1915. So, 15? Yes. So yeah, Oof. James Franklin, get that bag, dude. <laughs> you deserve it. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, well, that's pretty much it for the non-New Year's Six Bowls. I don't want to, I mean, there's certainly going to be something to watch the whole time. North Carolina, South Carolina has a matchup in the Dukes Mail Bowl in Charlotte. So in-state for North Carolina against South Carolina. They're both six and six, but it's just a fun matchup, yep. I think. I mean, I don't know if, I think it's a rivalry. I'm not super familiar with like, their vibes but uh i just wanted to call that one out because it's fun purdue and tennessee playing in nashville another big 10 matchup but at the over i don't care what the number is the new year's six non-playoff games i think we'll we'll cap this episode off with the playoff games so new year's six non-playoff games obviously michigan state pittsburgh in the first one the peach bowl on december 30th the other three are on january 1st which I'm actually, now that I'm looking at this, not very upset that Michigan State got the Peach Bowl because January 1st is so bogged down with other football games and other things to do. Um, The night of the 30th, it's going to be nice. But anyway, the Fiesta Bowl, the other one we maybe could have snuck into, number five, Notre Dame, number nine, Oklahoma State, the Rose Bowl, number six, Oklahoma, Ohio State, number 11, Utah, and the Sugar Bowl, number seven, and the Big 12 champion, Baylor, against number eight, Ole Miss. Kevin, of those three, again, back-to-back-to-back on January 1st, uh, any favorites, anything stick out, anything to know? I I love this Rose Bowl matchup. I think Ohio State-Utah is going to be a fun game. Utah, I... (laughs) I don't know why I picked against them in the Pac-12 championship. They beat the hell out of Oregon like two weeks ago. And I was like, yeah, don't care, betting Oregon. And they just hammered them again. So Utah's like legit really good. And I think they can give Ohio State a run for their money. I think that could be a really fun game. I saw the opening line was something like 
Ohio State minus seven and a half or something. I think that'll be a fun one. Um, other than, I mean, the other two, I think they're they're decent matchups. Uh, Baylor, Ole Miss, I think will be a, a little bit more fun and entertaining than Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, which other than the brand name of Notre Dame, I don't really see a whole lot of redeeming qualities in that football game this year. But um, yeah, the Rose Bowl will be fun. Yeah, it's a game that if you're the Big Ten, you really want to win. Uh, You're looking at the three Big Ten matchups, Michigan, Georgia, Michigan State, Pittsburgh, and Ohio State, Utah, all very tough matchups for the teams involved. Um, And those are the ones that your conference at the end of the day is is really going to be measured on. I mean, we mentioned a lot of Big Ten games and, you know, we're playing the SEC and the Citrus and the Outback, et cetera. But at the end of the day, the the eyes are really on the New Year's Six, and if you want your conference to be respected, you got to beat the the really good teams from the other conferences. So, Ohio State tough matchup against Utah. I actually really like watching Utah. I think they have a really fun team. Um, yeah, they they'll have their hands full, and then we move. Actually, by January first, we we will have been through the semifinals. But for you and I in our conversation, we move to the the playoff games, the semifinals. So this year we have the cotton bowl and the orange bowl uh, on new year's Eve. The first, the cotton bowl at three 30 Alabama taking on Cincinnati. Uh, yikes. Cincinnati made it. And this is what you get when you make yep. it. So Cincinnati, Alabama, Kevin, what do you make of it? Yeah, that was, <laughs> you know, I was, I was reading some stuff on Twitter, but it was just like, this was you will never convince me that the committee strictly look at looked at ranking the teams one to four without any glancing at what matchups would be or not caring about the matchups they very obviously wanted to avoid the Alabama Georgia matchup in the semifinal and I think they wanted to say all right Cincinnati you want to seat at the table here's Alabama and uh, they're only 13 and a half point dogs. I honestly thought that number would be closer to 17, but I just, I've been watching a lot of Cincinnati this year. They're not Alabama. I, I just, I feel like that game could get out of hand pretty quickly as we've seen many college semifinal games go. So as, uh, as somebody who has been known to put in a wager or two, I already took Alabama minus 13 and a half. I wouldn't be surprised if it looks a lot like the Michigan state game last, uh, what, six years ago now that we were, we were there in Arlington uh, watching Alabama just, you know, play with their food a little bit in the first half and then just, you know, come out in the second half and remind everybody that they're Alabama. I could see a very similar story playing out. I was watching the selection show the hour that I watched today and they announced this matchup and they said, you know, Cincinnati, they match up well, great secondary. And I'm sitting there like Alabama just destroyed Georgia. This Georgia defense that we've been talking about all year and granted they hadn't played a team as good as Alabama, but Georgia looked like they had, I mentioned it on, I think the last episode that I felt like Georgia had the defense to the 2019 LSU offense in terms of strength and Alabama just ran them out of the building. And you're telling me now Cincinnati matches up well? Um, no, I don't see it. I, I think, sure, Cincinnati has a lot of talent. They're a great story, and I don't want to be too patronizing here. They're a great team, and I've, I've loved watching them the last couple of years. I think they certainly deserve their spot, but I don't see this game being even well, remotely this is, close. This is the whole thing that when I've kind of pushed back on college football playoff expansion, part of the reason – and it's always impossible to articulate this on Twitter and everything. So I hope I do it well here. Like part of the reason is that the whole conversation since we went to the 14 playoff has turned to the playoff. The other bowl games no longer matter. The other, even conference championships to a certain extent, like when you look at how it's covered nationally, when Baylor won the big 12 this year, the whole conversation on ESPN and on CBS and on NBC and like these national, you know, websites and, and, and everything, it was just 
well, that knocks Oklahoma State out of the playoff race. It's like, no, Baylor just won the Big 12. We're not even going to mention that. And it's so frustrating. And opening it up to 12 is, I can acknowledge that there are some positives, but for everybody that, you know, is, is we have to expand to 12, it's the only way. I don't think uh, as many people as there should be acknowledge the fact that the playoff it's, it's already only the only thing that matters when it's 12 teams, the playoff is the only thing that matters. And so Cincinnati having an undefeated season is awesome. And in college football, we've always celebrated that and said, wow, undefeated season conference champions that's amazing. You're going to go to a new year six bowl and you're going to have a chance to play one of the big boys. And if you win, wow, incredible season. It will be looked back on in history of, of incredible college football season by, you know, the little guy quote unquote, but now because the playoff is the only thing that matters and the national championship is the only thing that matters. We have to measure Cincinnati against Alabama. And it's just, it's, it's not a measuring stick that they're going to be able to live up to. So when Cincinnati goes and plays Alabama and they lose by 35, the story isn't going to be, well, you know what? It's been a heck of a run by Cincinnati, great players, great coaches, and, and the whole nine yards, it's going to be, well, the little guy obviously doesn't belong on the same field as these guys. And, and it's just like, well, duh, we always knew that. So why do we have to make put such an emphasis on it? The emphasis should be Cincinnati, great team, great story, hell of a season. Again, after the last like three years, great coach and everything. The story should not be, you know, how, how close do they keep it against Alabama? But it's just, I don't know. Like, I hope they keep it close. I hope they win, but it's just not going to happen. And then the story is going to be, something that it shouldn't coming out of the game. Yeah, it's I like college football playoff expansion because I like the idea of having a lot of really good football teams playing at the end of the year with a lot on the line because I think that produces fireworks. But I understand where you're coming from. The the difference is that you know college football for a long time has been about putting together the best season and the before we had the playoff at all, you had the national championship and it was about, okay, what two teams had the best season, put them up against each other. So we don't have to split hairs on voting to pick a national champion. You just put the top two to, against each other and whoever wins is clearly the best. Right. The national and championship now, for a long time was kind of an afterthought. It was just like, yeah, well, we kind of have to do it just to like check the box. Right. Right. Like <laughs> and now we're in this weird middle ground of we've got four teams in there. So what approach are we taking? Are we trying to make it a postseason tournament or are we trying to just make it very clear who the top of the top is? And we don't really have clarity there, but already we've got two games in the college football playoff here that are more than a touchdown different on the Vegas spread and likely closing lines might both be double digits. Um, and I think if you ask Kevin or I, we would say are going to finish that way favorites. as well. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's not close, um, but there's still milk in the cash cow, right? I mean, you look at what ESPN did today, making that selection show four hours because they knew people would sit there and flip back and forth during NFL Sunday to watch. And there's milk in the cash cow. And if you can make six games, playoff games instead of two, or I guess now we're going to have even more. If they go to 12 teams, you've got 11 playoff games, right? Because everybody's got to get knocked out. Oh, so man, the selection show is going to be nine and a half hours long. <laughs> they'll just make it a week. They'll make it two <laughs> weeks. They'll they'll announce one team each day. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I mean, it depends what you're looking for. College basketball is great because it has its end, end of the season tournament. And you, anything can happen, right? It's it's get in and then anything can happen. Um Football's a different game. It depends what your preference is, whether you want the regular season to be the tournament or if you want the regular season to be the competition to get an entry into the tournament. And uh, that's, I think, where you kind of get these two factions of folks. 
the end of the day, it's looking like whether it's this year in two years, in five years, whatever, it's probably going to happen as a football fan. Fine. We're going to get a lot more great football. We can split hairs and whether it's quote unquote good for the game, but we're going to get a lot of good football to watch. Right. And that's what I've come around to is the fact that like, obviously, you know, I'm going to love watching all of the, you know, expanded playoff games. It's going to be a ton of fun. It's going to be a blast. I'm going to enjoy watching every single one of them. Uh, the problem is just like that's always been what New Year's Six Bowls have been for, for the teams that, hey, great season, but you're probably not a national champion worthy team. So you're going to get a fun matchup against another team who had a really good season and you guys are going to duke it out for a trophy and, and for something to re- for your fans to remember for a long time. Problem is those games have just gotten devalued to the point where like the top players aren't even playing and that's what sucks from like my argument side is that when I bring up the fact that like, well, that's what the New Year's Six Bowls are for to reward a really good season and have a fun matchup. The reality nowadays is that those aren't even really that fun of matchups sometimes because like last year it was Oklahoma and Florida, like half of Florida was opted out of that bowl game. And it's just like, all right, you're getting the shell of, florida against most of oklahoma and it's just not fun and entertaining and in a playoff setting now probably all those players aren't opting out they're gonna keep riding with it so in that sense like those fun matchups that i used to love they're not really there anymore because the players don't even give a shit because like the media has told them for the last like five six seven years that they don't matter. So the player said, all right, if it doesn't matter, then I'm not going to play in it. And uh, so now the reality of 12 team playoff has said has set in for me. And I'm like, all right, well, at least those matchups that we, we previously got anyways, uh, they'll be full strength because all the players will be playing. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like, I don't love it, but I've accepted it and it's just the the thing that I want to prepare people for who haven't really accepted this part of it. 12 team playoff, the playoff is the only thing that will matter from week 1 to week whatever to the conference championships. It is the only thing in college football and I just want to prepare you for the time when you're complaining on Twitter about ESPN talking about the playoff in a game between Western Michigan and coastal Carolina in week three, it is the only thing they will talk about is the only thing that will matter. But that's, that's a, uh, you know, rants that I think is finished Michigan and Georgia in the orange bowl. Um, initial thoughts on that matchup. <laughs> um, <laughs> two weeks ago, I would have been as like a rival of Michigan stoked about this there's a little there's a little spark in me now that's a little nervous I think it's just because Bama dethroned Georgia in you know for the number one spot and they made it they didn't even make it look that challenging or now I'm left questioning like okay what is this Georgia team I think this Georgia team still a whole lot of what we thought this Georgia team was the whole year um but on the other side of the coin Michigan I we talked about this last week they did not sneak in to this playoff. They look, especially the last four or five weeks have looked like an elite football team. They just, I know I was not the best team. I honestly, I think this Iowa team might've been the worst team to make a big 10 conference championship game. God, they were, but they're still, they have strong points and Michigan won 42 to three. I mean, that's, that is not, you can't overlook it. They, they, dismantled ohio state right 42 to 3 is what it should be against rutgers or maryland not against a division champion they dismissed an iowa team that won 10 games i don't know how i didn't watch a whole lot of iowa ball i don't know how they won 10 games but they won 10 big 10 games well they won 10 games including big 10 games um and michigan just dismissed them they just threw them in the trash and moved on and georgia's coming off a loss again i think georgia's still like I said, a lot of what we thought they were, but it's closer in my head than it was two weeks ago. Certainly that said, I still think Georgia is going to win this one by double digits. Yeah. I think Georgia, you got 
a month almost to prepare for this game. And when you get the thing is when it comes to these college football playoff semifinals, I think part of the reason that we've seen so many blowouts is because you got like a month to prep for this game. So by, you know, if, if this game was played next week, I would, man, I would seriously think Michigan has a real shot to win it because of the momentum, because of, you know, Georgia coming off of the loss and being banged up. Like you get a month, those memories are gone, right? Michigan's momentum of the season is gone. Georgia's, you know, loss against Alabama. And that's three and a half weeks in the rearview mirror. So by that time, with all of the prep, with all of the film, it's just going to come down to flat out who's the better team. And that's why we've seen so many of these blowouts is like, you know, Michigan State and Alabama. Alabama had three and a half weeks to prepare for one football game. Like you give Nick Saban that much time, you know the result. And so I, that's the one thing where I'm looking at Georgia and I, I already bet them minus seven. Because I'm like, at the end of the day, Michigan's, what what do they do well? They run the football. What does Georgia have the best front seven in college football? You know, Alabama beat them because they were able to throw it all over the yard with a great quarterback and great wide receivers. Alabama didn't run the ball against Georgia. I don't think Michigan's going to be able to run the ball against Georgia. I think when you give that much time, talent's going to win out. And the other thing to kind of remember here is you're looking at, you know, oh, the committee didn't want to rematch. You know who wants a rematch? Georgia. You know who's going to be fired up to get another crack at Alabama? Georgia. Um, so I, I still feel good about Georgia, but Michigan is playing really good football right now. So like you said, there is that little glimmer of, oh boy. Like, <laughs> But I, I'm very glad that Alabama won in hindsight because it, it, if they didn't, Michigan will be playing Cincinnati in this round one matchup. And I, I'm not mentally prepared for Michigan to win a college football playoff game because they got Cincinnati. Yeah, no, same. I'm, I love this matchup. Uh, I think it should be a good matchup, but like I said, and like you said, I like Georgia. We will, we have not planned our podcast topics for the next three or four weeks as you can clearly see if you've listened to this point in the episode we appreciate (laughs) you for sticking with our stream of consciousness full disclosure today was basically turn on the microphones and just kind of talk about the weekend and bowl games and stuff so Um, we will we will be more scheduled from uh from now until the end of bowl season at some point in the next four weeks you will get a michigan state pit breakdown as we do for all of our games you will get Probably if we don't break down each of these college football playoff games individually, you'll at least get a full episode to break them both down. I'm sure we'll do some breakdown for the other New Year's six games. We've got a lot to get into and we don't have a lot of fresh content that's going to be coming up in the Michigan State sphere. I was going to say for Michigan State stuff too, we will start to hit on a lot more recruiting here uh, since we have a lot of time without football. Maybe we'll kind of deep dive into the commits. We have uh, early signing day coming up. That's one thing that is uh, something we will definitely be talking a lot about. Um, so there is plenty of Michigan State stuff out there that that will be coming down the pipeline. And like I said, well, I haven't really had enough time just because of the Michigan State football season. You know, any extra time I've had, I've been just rewatching the games or whatever. So um, now is typically the time where I start like, okay, of all these, you know, commits, like, let me just start checking out this tape. And so maybe we'll have some thoughts about the recruiting classes and who is the guy that really stands out, especially the early signing period, depending on who, who actually puts pen to paper and who doesn't, uh, if we get any other commits transfers, there's, there's a lot of stuff down the pipeline here uh, on that regard. The, there's a guy on campus this weekend, the linebacker from UNLV, Jacoby Windman, who looks awesome like as soon as that commit comes through if it comes through we will definitely talk about it because he's a potential day one starting linebacker Uh, but there will be stuff to talk about for sure we will we will be more scheduled and more uh planned than than we were here today yeah and we'll get into this bull pick'em. so keep an eye out on twitter on facebook uh wherever listening here 
for the announcement. The first bowl game is the 17th, so we'll have to get it running before then. But we'll try to get it going this week so you can get your picks in. Maybe we'll release a Friday episode every week just going over our picks for the bowl games for that week since we're on that schedule already uh, just to kind of keep us um, in You know, in, uh, in holidays in there. So that might throw off our schedule. If it does a little bit, we don't know if it will, but if it does, please be patient with us. We're going to be seeing our families a lot and uh, we'll have a lot going on too, as I'm sure a lot of our listeners do as well. So exciting time. It should be a fun month, a little bit different from um, the routine we've been in over the last three or four uh, months, but I'm excited for it. And we've got a lot of good football left uh, throughout this year until January. I think the last bowl is January 4th oddly enough. So a lot still to come. Yeah. So obviously stay tuned. And, and like I said, we will be going well the entire off season. So it's not just uh, over this bowl season, make sure you're subscribed and uh, the whole way national signing day, the next like big day that we'll be talking about the early signing day for football is December 15th. So keep that, keep that day circled. We'll do a big episode about everybody that's committed to that point and everything. So um, until you hear us next, like I said, go join the Facebook group, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family. Uh, And if you're still listening at this point to us, just rambling about college football, we love you dearly. So until the next time you hear our voices, I hope you have a great start to the week and I hope you have a great week in general. And so we will talk to you soon. Go green, go white. Take care folks. Thank you.